Hello and welcome to Current Blue. My name is Dan Rowlandson. I'm joined here this afternoon, or this evening, whenever you listen to this, by John Townley uh, for another one of our short, snappier videos where we just have a chat about something. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was why we were wrong or why I was wrong about Leon Bailey. Uh, yesterday, we spoke with Dan Bardell about the January transfer window. And today, John, I just want to chat with you a little bit about Ollie Watkins, uh, somebody who we speak about most weeks on the main show anyway, but somebody who probably deserves a little bit more of the limelight. Nothing planned besides one stat that I will share with you later in the show. Um, just I just wanted to chat about him because I love him. I know there's some people out there that still think Villa could improve on him somehow. I don't know who that striker is and how much we would have to pay to get him. But I believe Ollie Watkins is the perfect striker for Unai Emery and for Aston Villa. Yeah, I agree. And it's only what I think we've been saying for a while. Not to yeah. be that guy. Um, <laughs> you could probably brand it as why we were right about Ollie Watkins. If we were wrong about Bailey, we are right about Watkins. Um, yeah, there was... Well, there probably still is, and I don't know, but there were certainly comments, I don't know, a few months ago that would, you know, suggest that because Watkins misses a few chances here and there that he has to be upgraded on or Villish, you know, should look to um, sell him off and bring in someone else. And I'm not sure where all of that really came from. I think it's just because he has a lot of chances and he will score, you know, most of them and miss a few. And the ones that he misses look bad, but yeah, that's uh, that's the kind of the life of a striker, I suppose. And I think because Watkins has been with us throughout this journey, obviously he wasn't there when we, you know, got promoted or anything, but he's been um, with us since we've, you know, been growing as a football club. Really, um, mm-hmm. he's one of the players who, like Gemi Martinez, um, obviously John McGinn was a bit before them as well. But though that group of players, Matty Cash, etc., um, even Douglas Louise, I suppose, to a point as well, um, who we signed the year before Watkins, they've all matured and progressed um together and they've had ups and they've had ups and downs sorry um obviously the dane smith era was brilliant and the Steven gerrard era not so much and i think quite a few of those players like tara minx for example probably got a lot of slack um from those times should we say and i think watkins falls into that category as well because he was a lone striker with very little service playing under a manager who really didn't know how to get the best out of him. And it wouldn't have surprised me if we would, you know, bring in a different striker. And Watkins was kind of eased out because uh, a manager didn't see how to get the best out of him. Obviously, we yeah. brought in Danny Ings when we sold Jack Grealish. But for all throughout this time, only Watkins has been the main man. And yeah, it's just nice to see that now under a, a top manager is proving that, yeah, this is why, you know, I've stuck around, if that makes sense. And I wasn't replaced and I am still uh, the main man for Villa and why he can now push us on to even greater things because there's still so much um, for him to improve on, I think, as well. Yeah, you know, he's, yeah, he's yeah. a top player already, but the people who he's working with, like Rodri, the um, individual coach that Emery uh, has in his team, he's taken him to new levels and he's only worked with him for a year. So this is like almost the start of Ollie Watkins' yeah. um period in in the kind of elite conversation I think yeah when we signed him from the championship he was a, a top championship striker he'd done very well then since joining us he scored 14 in his first season 11 in the following 15 last season it's seven in the Premier League those numbers are uh, so far in 13 he's obviously getting assists as well which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit uh, he's 27 at the moment he's born the same year I am but his birthday is the 30th of December birthday on the day we play Burnley uh, in the Premier League He'll, he will turn 28 then. So, you know, for a striker, that's your prime, isn't it? We're, we're about to see the best of Ollie Watkins, we, we hope. He's played 13 in the league, scored seven. You said in the summer you thought he would get 20 in the league. I, I think he'll get 20 goals next season. I really do if he stays fit because the amount of chances he's going to have as well. But he's just, he looks um he looks scary. Like he, he's, 
he's relentless in his running as well. He's, he's powerful, he's strong, he's quick, he's athletic. And in his finishing chances as well, three goals in five in pre-season, which means, you know, very little really. But basing it off what we saw last season in the Premier League, I think he could get 20. Do you stand by that? Or do you want to go more? <laughs> <laughs> so I was about to say no, go more. Yeah, I think 20 is, that is the target. That's what he's, I mean, he said it himself, hasn't he? That is always the kind of the benchmark for a top Premier League striker. It's how many, how many times have they hit 20 goals in a season? That's kind of the question that comes up. Unless it's Haaland and it's how many times has he scored four to. I think that's just a new level. But yeah, for a top striker, 20 goals is the the question for those players. And Villa haven't had that player, have they, in the Premier League? Watkins, I think, will be that man this season. I think he can get more than 20 goals. 20 goals is his target. And it wouldn't surprise me on the final day to clinch Champions League football. He scores a hat-trick and gets up to 23 uh, <laughs> away against Crystal Palace. <laughs> that was my dream last night anyway. But um, oh, yeah, nice. fantastic striker. A player that's maturing, I think, all the time, as well as players like Douglas Luiz. They're all, they all seem to be um, kind of feeding off Unai Emery's energy and his, and his experiences. And that's what he's <clears throat> wanted to bring to uh, his players. Mm. Um and yeah, players like Watkins, you know, again, it's like a shout out to our recruitment over the last few years. It's been pretty brilliant, really, <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah, there's a few players that have gone missing, like a, a Danny Ings we probably shouldn't have signed, um, even though I think he you know, did well for us in, in, in some ways. But for the money, the outlet that we paid, you know, wasn't it. Um, Bailey has taken a little bit of time to adapt, but all of a sudden now we have a player who we can rely on. So that's fantastic. Mm. It just yeah. all these players were the right players. And I think we all knew that you know, to some extent, but it was just how do they all come together? How do they all progress? Um, and under Emery, I don't think, is there a player, maybe Douglas Louise, to be fair, but is there a player that's been, you know, so rapidly rapidly developed, I suppose you could say under Emery? I think that's a good question. Is there a player in the squad apart from Ollie Watkins? As I said, mm. Louise, I think probably up there as well, to be fair. A comparison of Ollie Watkins right now to Ollie Watkins... When I don't know, um, even Ollie Watkins literally just as Emery arrived when we sold Danny Ings, he was top goal scorer at the time. And Ollie Watkins had was it three goals up until January, which goals, is yeah. crap, really. Let's face it, and yeah, we yeah. said that at the time. And then he went on to score 15 last season in the end, I think I said three goals in the first half and 12 in the second half. He was unbelievable under Emery. And there's the stat that I mentioned earlier, as much as there's no kind of like prep to these shows, as much as we would have for like the long form podcast that we do, obviously, I can. Google things while we're while, while we're chatting. Um, it's thirty goal contributions, so that's twenty goals and ten assists in thirty-seven games under an Emery. Never mind the twenty goals, which is great. Um, we've spoken before about like the need for a twenty-goal striker and how that's not necessarily something you do need if your your main man scores fifteen and the supporting cast score 10, yeah. 12, that kind of thing. You'll still have a great season. So twenty goals is one thing. To get 10 assists as a striker is, is pretty decent, isn't it? Like that's, yeah. that's, that's some going. 30 goal contributions in 37 is is unbelievable. And I, I don't know who's out there that can be improved upon Ollie Watkins, that you're going to get better numbers than that. No, certainly not a team that isn't playing Champions League football. Um, on that as well, I'd love to see the kind of chart. I might even do it later myself of just... Um, where does that rank, I suppose, between what you know, all the Premier League players? And I bet there won't be many strikers apart from Haaland, of course, who just scores goals for fun. But, you know, in the kind of the non Erling Haaland tables as such, um, Watkins has to be up there. And I don't so I don't think there'll be many strikers there because obviously, you know, scoring twenty goals is some achievement anyway, especially in the modern game when strikers seem to have, you know, kind of been lost um they don't really exist um a lot of them <laughs> whereas you know a creative midfielder or a winger those top players like a Salah or even like a Fernandez who posts good numbers those those are those 
you know, those numbers are for those players, really. Um, so yeah, Watkins is obviously doing it in a very different way, but he's getting those numbers and those numbers gets points. So um, yeah, he's been absolutely fundamental to Villa's turnaround under Emery. And I'm just, mm. I remember when we appointed Emery and one of the first things I said on the podcast that we spoke about was, right, we ain't spending £400 million to get into Europe. That's, that is never going to be the plan or, or a sustainable future for the club. It has to be the easier players improve them. That's mm. not something that Steven Jarrod managed or that I actually thought he wanted to do anyway. I think he did want to spend his way into Europe, that sort of thing. Um, whereas Emery looked at what he had and said, all right, Ollie Watkins, you stand between the posts. You um, watch these videos about Cavani, uh, Backer, uh, Abamyang, other players, and you work with my individual coach that I'm bringing that I, and that I trust and that has worked with these players before. And it's, it's just a recipe for success. And hmm. again, going back to the recruitment, Villa couldn't have just bought any players and made it work. These players had to buy into what Emery wanted. Considering the kind of, you know, wrongful stick, I suppose, that Emery got for whatever reason when he was during his time in England, He's now taken over a group of players who are willing to listen and willing to learn. Yeah. Whereas other clubs like Arsenal and PSG, those players, they don't want to be lectured. They don't want to be told what yeah. to do. Neymar is going to track back, whereas Watkins will yeah. because he knows that makes him a better player. I think there's something in that as well. And this is a, a totally different podcast, probably. But if you've got players that Villa had and have that are willing to learn and take on information that think, oh, I can be better and this guy can make me better because he's proven their sponges to the information. And these two, three hour meetings they have probably are boring at times when we spoke to John McKenzie and he was talking about the training that they do and they'll stand in a certain position and Emery will say right, if the players if the opposition press there where do you go and they move and they reset and they go again that is boring of course it is but if you're of a if you're the individual that has the mindset that this guy will make it better and so far it's worked so you kind of buy into that because you go well, yeah, it might be boring, but it's working. I don't think that does work at an Arsenal, at PSG, at Manchester City, at Real Madrid, whoever, because these players that are superstars think, I don't care about this. Who are you to tell me what to do? Like, I'm a superstar. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think there's a certain level of player that buys into Unai Emery's style, which is why he's the perfect fit for us as well. Yeah. Just quickly on the goal contributions so far, we said it was 30 in 37 for under Emery. It's 65 goal contributions in 122 Premier League games for Watkins overall, which is very quick maths. I think a goal contribution every 1.87 games. Uh, so he's contributing pretty much uh, better than one in two. Yeah. Interestingly, though, like we said, 30, 30 of those 65 have come in the last calendar year. So the other 35 came in a much bigger um, period of time than the last year. So if uh, if that continues, we are looking at a, a player that will score 20 goals over the course of a Premier League season because. The, that 37 is basically a, a Premier League season in full. So it'll be interesting to reassess uh, Ollie Watkins' numbers at the end of the season. Is it seven goals and five assists so far, I think? Yeah, it is. I was right. I just quickly Googled it and found it through who scored. It's seven goals and five assists in the Premier League so far. So it's 12 contributions in 13 games. And this feels very sustainable as well. I don't think yeah. Watkins isn't picking the ball up and leathering it from 20 he yards. He didn't score for the first five games, did he? Exactly. Yeah, precisely. And there are chances like, um, you know, against Tottenham, he had one that's marginally offside. He missed a chance mm. from a corner. He obviously scored one and then Ben Davis you know, blocked it off the line. So he could have had four on another day. Uh, I know football doesn't work like that, but he's had four great chances. He scored one. Um, one of them was offside, as I've just explained, but it's sustainable. He's getting those chances. So I don't doubt that come the end of the season, he can probably have something crazy like 30 goal contributions because you're looking at about 20 goals and it's five assists off 10. <laughs> so that 
it's remarkable. And again, this is a player who, I don't know how to put it, but he, he doesn't come as the the Harry Kane creative drops deep, but still gets mm. on the end of things and, and that sort of thing. He's not a he's not the best England striker there is, but he's must be the second, right? Callum Wilson, don't get me wrong, is a great finisher and I think he's a very good player. Calvin Lewin as well. But these guys, Ivan Tony as well, but I think Ollie Watkins has propelled himself above them now. Just one final thing that I want to bring up, and this is what sparked the idea for let's just have a chat about Ollie Watkins. Uh, James from the ABC Faithful podcast uh, put a tweet up um, earlier in the week. Ollie Watkins versus the Premier League Big Six, the, the traditional teams that you would expect. Uh, seven games against Arsenal, four goals. Seven games against Spurs, three goals and an assist. Six games against Man City, two goals, two assists. Man United, less good, eight games played, one goal, one assist. Liverpool, seven games played, five goals, one assist. Of course, he scored the hat-trick against them. And uh, Chelsea, seven games played, two goals. So Chelsea, Man United, not particularly great, but the others are, are pretty decent yeah. records. Also, yeah, it's play, a good trend. We play City and Arsenal in the next two, and he, he fares well against those two. So, big game player as well. Ollie Watkins is a, is a tag you can throw at him. It's not that he's kind of stat-padding here and scoring goals against Burnley and Sheffield United. He's, he's getting goal contributions against the big boys as well. Yeah, precisely. And that's why he's a complete striker. He doesn't shirk um, challenges. He is not literally like he's in jewels, but challenges in terms of playing against a William Saliba. He'll take him on, take on his left foot and slam it past the Arsenal goalkeeper like he did last season. No, I don't think anything phases him. I feel like he's come from that background where he was at Exeter. He kind of had everything to lose. Sorry, he had nothing to lose um, in terms of progressing his career. It was all there for him if he wanted it. And he's you know worked with the Dean Smith, who's taken him to um, a different level and he's continued to rise. I, I just think almost all of our squad just needed that elite manager who could mm. kind of open their eyes up to a completely different way of training, playing for a game, uh, sorry, preparing for a game, uh, different tactics, etc. And Watkins, as I've said, have just is fed off. It, they've fed off it, and uh, he's that good. You are struggling to think of well, what can't he do. Um, the only thing that I'd say is that he can be you know, somewhat wasteful sometimes, which is the main thing that is thrown at him. But I can't use that against him because he's just got a lot of chances and he scores a lot of goals. So it doesn't matter yeah. if he was missing them all and he wasn't getting his numbers. Well, yeah, that is obviously an issue, but he's still scoring goals. So hell, Ollie Watkins can miss two one-on-ones a game, but if he scores, well, then he's going to get, you know, he's not going to get 38 goals this season, but that would be it. And honestly, in every game, you back him to score and yeah. that is a top striker. And as I said, if you took takes all of his chances. He scores as many goals as Erling Haaland. He doesn't play for Aston Villa. We sell him for 150 million. Do you know what I mean? It's that um, that level. And um, I said it in the summer, like, you know, not, not on a podcast because I'd be um, kind of criticised for trying to sell Villa players. But I said straight away, Man United have to sign Ollie Watkins. I obviously didn't want, that, didn't want that to happen, but his contract, there's obviously a situation there. Like long-term viewers of the podcast will know how much I've rated him, Watkins, in terms of what he gives off the ball as well. But he is that. He's a complete striker. I don't know why teams didn't look at him. But go for him. Why signing Hoyland for 70 when Ollie Watkins is the guy right now? Yeah. Um, it's remarkable. We're, we're absolutely grateful that that didn't happen, of course. Exactly. We are, yes. He could lead the Man United line. Other teams as well, because we're better than Man United at the moment, aren't we? So, mm. and just very quickly, I mentioned that those stats there is like versus the big six, the traditional guys like Chelsea in there. For Christ's sake, off the top of my head, the new big six, if you include Brighton and Newcastle, he scored twice against Newcastle last year in the home win when we, we beat their their winning run of five or six games, and he scored a hat trick against Brighton this season. So, if you include the new big six, 
he's also very good against them as well. He's very good against everybody. That's the, the takeaway from this video. I think, I think as well on that, I, just to kind of, you know, why is that potentially? I, I think when you leave him with space as well, I think that's a key thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's very quick. He can run in behind and you know exactly what he wants to do, but it's very hard to stop. You know, he's going to cut inside and try and aim for that far corner. It's like a, obviously it's not like I, I and Robin, but the guy had a left leg and he didn't have a right and you know exactly what he was going to do every time, but you couldn't stop it. And I think that's mm. not exactly Watkins' game. Of course it isn't, but it's that same element of, you know what you're going to get from Watkins, but it's very hard to stop um, yeah. when he's running into space and when he's stretching a back line. If he doesn't shoot, he passes it and that's how he's getting his assists. So uh, yeah, it's, um, he's, and he's getting more goals against other teams, as you said, Dan, because he's added elements to his game where if teams are dropping back and there is less space, he can be a poacher. He can get on the end of things. Like his movement for that chance um, against Tottenham when Davis blocks it, it was great movement for him. He realised, oh, McGinn's yeah. going to stand at the back post. He's not going to go for the front post because he's going to have to lift it. He, you know, he realises it and could have made it 3-1. So, um, yeah, fantastic player. A player that's improved immeasurably over the last 12 months and certainly someone that I'm delighted to have um, leading Villa's line, hopefully, for many years to come. Yeah, absolutely agreed. And let us know in the comments what you think of Watkins. If there's still any of you out there that think we could improve on Watkins and we should sell him and cash in, shout up, show yourself. And if you've got a genuine reason, I'd love to hear I'd... it. I don't, I don't see anything, anyone better than Ollie Watkins at the moment that Villa could realistically get. Of course, there are better strikers than Ollie Watkins, but they're not coming to Aston Villa until Aston Villa get themselves into the Champions League. And the way we're going, Ollie Watkins will be the guy to get us there or one of the guys to get us there. So, yeah, yeah absolutely long, mate. Continue. John, thank you so much for joining me. It's been great to ch chat about something else positive at Aston Villa. You can also check out the video I did with Dan Bardell yesterday where we spoke about the January transfer window. Uh, we did the Monday show on Monday where we waxed lyrical about all things Aston Villa and answered your questions. And tomorrow is uh, the Europa Conference League big game at Villa Park against Legia Warsaw. We'll uh, do a post-match show for that either on Thursday evening or Friday morning. So uh, stay subscribed to Claret Blue to see that before anybody else. John, thanks for joining me. Thanks everyone for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow.